Okay. All right. Now, where what am I plugged in at? I think you're believe. I believe you're plugged into two. I'm a two. There I am. There I am. That sounds pretty good for me, All Chris. Right, leave you hey, hello. How's it going over here? Let's turn him down a smidge. Hello, hello. Just yes, like indeed. How's smidge. that right there? You like that, that? Feels great. How do you feel about it? I feel great. How do you feel about it? As good as we're gonna. Chris, how do you feel about I it? I feel fantastic. Oh my god, this, mm. I'm so excited. Great levels, great levels, great levels, great levels, great levels, great company, Sound great friends, and energy levels. Great films. Yes, indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to Great Friends, Great Films. Great films, great films. <laughs> great films, great. Remove that film from your teeth with Pepsodent. <laughs> what was is that the Pepsi- name of the thing? On yeah, Pepsodent. 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 In 1933, Times Square on mm-hmm. the thing was a instead of Sony, it's Pepsodent. That's yeah. what it was. Great films, great friends. <laughs> GF, GF. <laughs> the new name of the podcast. True. GF squared. New year, new name. I just like saying things in that rhythm where you're like, blam, blam, mm-hmm. blam, blam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blam, 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 blam. It feels good. Like King Kong, good film. <laughs> <laughs> like two syllables, two <laughs> syllables. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Hey, Don't everybody. Mm, Welcome to the first episode of the second year of the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. Can you believe we've been doing this for a year, Keller? A whole year. Holy shit. 51 episodes. That's right. This is our 52nd episode. Yep. And our 51st movie. Yep. Uh, first movie of 2019. My name is Hector Navarro. If you're just tuning in for the first time, thanks so much for, for listening. Um, I guess you can go back and listen to other ones if you want. Go Definitely check out Flesh. Good film. Yeah, everybody go watch Flesh. Everybody Psych. come over, borrow a VCR, yeah. <laughs> and track down a VHS copy of Flesh. Sitting across from me is my good butter, Mr. Keller Knobloch, my you good butter. me a good <laughs> butter. He's my good butter. I put on weight over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> he's, my, he's my best good butter, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. Hi. And our guest today. Does that sound like butter? Yeah. that's, that's good. Do, do, do it again. <laughs> Ooh, smooth. Like a big Hi. stick of butter. Like butter. Carry gold. Mm. Our guest today is our longtime friend, a brilliant comedian and improviser and actor and musician and singer and rapper. Performer and rapper. Um, Dancer. You will probably know him from various, various things on the internet around places like uh, Geek and Sundry, Hyper RPG, uh, Robot Teammate. And um, I will let him tell you what he's up to as well. But I'm so excited to have him on the show because he is a huge fan of not only the movie that we're talking about, but the director, other directors work, Lord of the Rings, which is going to be great. Um, And uh, it was too long to wait for a Lord of the Rings movie to pop up to have him on. So we have to we had to sneak him in (laughs) in 2019. Mr. Chris Bermonte is here. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much for coming over and watching a three-hour movie. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And then agreeing to talk about it. Yeah, afterwards. Mm -hmm. You sat through it and then Mm -hmm. decided you would be okay with that. Chris, before we get Mm -hmm. into it, uh, let everybody know what kind of stuff you want them to look at if they're checking you out online. And then, like, how do you feel about... Uh, not the movie that we're talking about, but that, mm. but Peter Jackson's other stuff, and also your 2018 as a whole. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> those three things go: Bing, bang, boom, Bing, bang, boom. Hey, I'm Chris, as uh, Hector said. How's it going, everybody listening? <laughs> yeah, things to pay attention to this year. Uh, Robot Teammate is writing a new musical called Pockets. It's going to be live nice. this summer in 
the Hollywood Fringe. So if you're in the area, please come. And if you're not, please travel. Come anyway. Yeah. Mm. Take Some, a trip. Someday, one of these days. One of them. I'm going to have enough money. Yep. And enough time. Yes. To hire Bramante and his genius to yes. help me write Doom the Musical based on the life of Dr. Doom. Oh, I'll Doomsicle, just do Doomsicle the Musical? Yeah. Pro bono. Will <laughs> you call it Doomsicle the Musical? <laughs> no, I will Doomsicle not. Doomsicle the Musical. Please, can you please call it Doomsicle the Musical? I'm going to call it. No, no, I will not what call it What are you going to call it? I was going to call it. Um, Doom. Doom. It's obviously a playoff of Rent, is what it is. Um. Obviously, one word, Oklahoma. It's obviously a playoff of Oklahoma. Uh-huh. You you exclamation point at the end. <laughs> should you simultaneously make the Doom video game into a musical? Yes. Oh, yes. That's all from there, first there, person perspective. There will be a reference to Doom, the video game, in Doom the musical, even though it's based off of the life of Victor Von Doom from Marvel Comics. Okay, yes, there great. will be. Yes, mm. there will be. You got to have a song... Uh, Valeria, is that the name of his daughter? Yes, it is. Yeah. Or, no, no, no. Valeria was the name of his yeah, childhood that's a love. Thousand, that's the oh. city of a thousand planets. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Valeria, not Valerian, is uh, the daughter of Reed Richards, who Dr. Doom named because he like saved her life when she was being oh, born or okay. something. Yeah, right. but Valeria. Would, that's Sounds a great like song. a yeah, venereal disease <laughs> you get from mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on Skull Island, trapped in a cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, second thing is, oh, yeah, um, the next question. I'm glad I, there weren't giant mosquitoes. Tell everybody about how you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, and Peter Jackson oh, as a whole. Yes, massive Lord of the Rings fan. I mean, I came to Peter Jackson through the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The first Peter Jackson film I ever saw, I had no idea was a Peter Jackson film. It was The Frighteners. Mm. Do you guys remember The Frighteners? Yes. It stars Michael J. Fox as a <gasps> ghost hunter. You haven't seen The Frighteners? I, I believe yet. Jake Busey is in it. Whoa. Of Ooh, Shasta yeah, 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 McNasty yeah. fame. Um, not, not Gary. His son Jake. Gary Busey is not in it. Ooh, just, mm. Gary okay. Busey is nowhere. <laughs> Gary Busey is nowhere to be seen. But Jake Busey is all over it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't even know, like, it's pretty good. Like, there's cool. weird CG ghosts. I it's love a it. Good time. It is. I believe that uh, the principal from Boston. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, A principal that lives in Boston is in The Frighteners. Mm, Exactly. Okay. Oh, uh, Oh, so Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. I came to Lord of the Rings through... My mother was obsessed with Lord of the Rings her whole life. Love that. I didn't become obsessed with Lord of the Rings until the film started to come out, but Mm -hmm. I read the books before the movies came out, mostly because my mom, like, was... Drove it in. Her and her friend would... They nicknamed each other in... I think middle school, like she would refer to her friend as Frodo and secret messages, and then oh they would call God. each other like Frodo and. So there's a bit Strider. from the TV show Friends mm-hmm. where uh, Ross and Chandler, because they went to high school together, right. their old friend from high school is going to come into town, and his nickname was Gandalf. Ooh. And oh, Joey yeah. Tribbiani, who's not a big reader, was like, what's that from? And this is years before the Lord yeah. of the Rings movies. And he's like, Gandalf, uh, ever read uh, Lord of the Rings? And he's like, and he's like, didn't you read Lord of the Rings in high school? And Joey's like, no, I had sex in high school. Like, what are you talking But I always <laughs> thought that was a funny bit. So you're telling me that that's a real thing, that yeah. our parents' generation mm-hmm. uh, or people before the Lord of the Rings movies nicknamed each other. And I love mm-hmm. stories when people are like, my parents got me into this geeky thing because yeah. that's so sort of outside or the my realm. my parents said their vows in Vulcan. Yes, because that's so outside the realm of possibility for me yeah. that it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, it, like it's so interesting to me. I'm like, that's so cool that your mom was into Lord of the Rings. And you also, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing you read the books before the movies came out. I could never, I could not do it. Right as they were about to. Okay. Because um, I think I remember at the time 
Because I grew up with the Hobbit cartoon, the Rankin and Bass mm. Hobbit oh, yeah, yeah. cartoon. Mm. Like, that's what I knew. Gan- I mean, I thought he was named Gandalf. Mm. But I always knew of the wizard Gandalf and Bilbo Baggins. That was something I've known of since I was tiny and watching mm. the VHS in yeah. the library at my middle school. And the Leonard Nimoy song. Mm. Bilbo yes. Baggins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bilbo, Great song. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. Mm-hmm. Only three feet tall. <laughs> Copyright. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> who I met in a bathroom once. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. That's amazing. Well, have I never told you that? And I no. gave, and I, as I, as I, after our hands had dried, <laughs> uh, from washing them, not mm. urine. Okay, yeah, we got okay. it. I was okay. like, I have to say something. <gasps> what did and you I say? And I was like, Hi, really appreciate you, and you know, I'm sorry, but I have to do this. And I threw up. <laughs> I threw it up. I threw up the the Vulcan salute, and he returned it. <gasps> he I feel returned like he, it. Wow. Of anybody would definitely do that. Oh, he was down. I yeah. love the stories of um, people meeting like celebrities or actors like that. But yeah. but when the people. I like. I love how you said, like, I'm sorry, but I have to do So at least yeah. you apologize to Leonard Nimoy before mm-hmm. just sort of geeking out mm-hmm. on him. I feel like that is going to make – that should ease any tension. That should make people feel better if they are, like, greeted by a fan because mm-hmm. at least then, to me, the fan acknowledges, like, yes, this is an incredibly awkward thing. I am ashamed of my love for I am you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, but I must display but I, it. Because, because your work meant so, means so much to mm-hmm. me or whatever. So that's really nice. That's cool. That's and I was awesome. also, yeah, and I was in waiter clothes. All my celebrity <laughs> encounters are as a waiter. I encountered <laughs> Naomi Watts once as a waiter. <gasps> wow. Um, Twas beauty. It killed the waiter. <laughs> great. It's great. <laughs> I don't get it. What are we uh, talking okay. about? Okay. <laughs> right. But yeah. So, so, so obsessed with Laura. Oh, wow. Okay. I just keep on popping off. <laughs> right. uh, then became incredibly obsessed with it. Read the books, fought through the Fellowship of the Ring, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know if you guys, you guys have read the books. Oh, I have man. read it's like the Bible. The first one. Yeah. yeah. And I, and oh, you haven't read the next two. I got a little yes. into Two Towers, which I, I will agree actually moves quicker than Fellowship did, but for some reason it just got away from me and I yeah. never picked it back up. But Fellowship was, listen, dude, I hate Tom Bombadil. Let me just put that on the table <laughs> because, because getting through the book. Uh, the first, like, I just don't think watching. you respect the power of Tom Bombadil, and I think <laughs> I you need to maybe get a grasp on that. You know whose power I respect? Like you know whose power I respect? Mary Poppins. Mary she's Poppins. the most powerful. She's kind of like a Tom Bombadil oh, figure. She is sure. Tom Bombadil. She's, she's Tom she Bombadil. She songs. <laughs> she's, she's, she does. You know, she's like, uh, you know. Uh, she goes away never to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like Q from Star Trek. She's like an omnipotent mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess yeah. she couldn't just... Uh, I don't know, I'm not going to spoil the movie for everybody. <laughs> spoil Mary hey, Poppins. Don't worry, Mary Poppins. She has is an umbrella. 1964. Go for it. Go ahead and spoil. You're going to spoil. It. It. I'm, I'm, I'm talking Mary Poppins too. Mary no, Poppins spoil, Returns. Can Mary I spoil Poppins Mary Poppins? Too? In Mary Poppins Returns, it takes place during Christmas. It's directed by Tim Burton. It's Michelle Pfeiffer's film. Catwoman. Danny DeVito eats some fish. It's gross. Mary yeah, Poppins he's just Returns. Got black stuff coming out of his mouth. It's really <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then yeah, and then so, Michael Michael Banks is just like, oh, why won't anybody buy my paintings? <laughs> also, my wife is dead. I wish people would buy his paintings, though. Honestly, who who are we talking? Whose paintings? He had paintings. Yeah, it was like a plot that they kind of oh. abandoned. Yeah, they did abandon the paintings pretty <laughs> I did. quick. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, they got rid of those paintings. And, like, and I'm an artist. Live on a bowl. He'll, he'll probably paint again. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so big Lord of the Rings fan, right? So so then you uh, do appreciate K- Peter Jackson's filmography. Then, like you're 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 a fan of him as a director. I am, though I okay. would say that as time has gone on, that the Lord of the Rings and specifically King Kong mm-hmm. are kind of the movies that I only. Mm. They're kind of the only Peter Jackson movies that I 
Don't love Retain Don't love Hobbits Oh the Hobbit broke my heart Oh that's such a bummer Agreed. The Hobbit breaks my heart That's Agreed. such a bummer Oh that's it, something I'll, I'll plug for people to watch yeah. I did a Ages ago I did a musical parody Of Billy uh, Joel's It's still rock and roll to me Called mm-hmm. it's still Middle earth to me mm-hmm. Where I characterize myself As Billy Joel Baggins mm-hmm. um, My friend Stephen Ray Morris Made a cameo As Bard the Bassman My friend Matt <laughs> Was the drummer as, as Gandalf So Oh Becca Scott's in it That was mm. like When I first met her She played is like a uh, kind of the uh, Kate from Lost character. Oh, okay. In, <laughs> and it's about how Tariel. disappointing the Hobbit films are, but mm. that at the end of the day, it feels good to be back in Middle Earth. And I, I I get that. I get there's that. glimpses of what you knew and love. Yes, mm-hmm. I get that conflict. Oh, also, I have to say this too. Elijah Wood is so good as Frodo. Yes, but Martin Freeman is Bilbo. He is phenomenal. He is, and and to me, he is more enjoyable to watch as a lead. And so is mm-hmm. Bilbo as a character yeah. versus Frodo for obvious reasons. That like at least when I'm watching The Hobbits, I'm like, well, Martin is great, and and oh, Bilbo is great, for sure, right? Yeah, but he gets buried though, and Ian yes, McKellen he does. Is great. Yeah, the uh, who. Ian McKellen is great. Oh, yeah, Ian McKellen. Yeah, yeah. Bilbo gets um, buried. The, the dwarves get buried. The, basically, the actual yes, characters I get that, that Tolkien wrote I get, get that. buried by Peter Jackson and team. And other La- stuff. Like, and I understand the history behind seen, it. Have you seen, did you see the three-part um, like, video essay from Lindsay Ellis on YouTube where she breaks down what the hell what happened? What happened behind it? No, yes. I need to. Dude, I'm going to send them to you because yeah. I watched them and it made me... Um, it just it also it will further break your heart. It'll give you an understanding, mm-hmm. a clarification. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't seen them, check them out on YouTube because they're they're top notch pieces of work, so good. But they're also it made me appreciate <laughs> the stuff in it that I did like oh, because totally. she, you know she goes through it and I'm like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But Smog was great. But mm-hmm. you know certain things where you're Gollum's like, great. They, yeah, yes, the Gollum scene and the perfect. first one is so good. Anyway. Great to have you, Chris. I'm so excited to get into this conversation yeah. with you. Uh, we, we can just gloss over what happened in your 2018. <laughs> we don't have to do that question. It's fine. Good, bad, okay. Looking forward to 2019. Uh, Where you 2018 at? was a year of growth, of setbacks, <laughs> of, of readjusting my perspective on how the world functions. I love that. Um, I love that. I, uh, Hard I, same, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I loved much of it. As I, you know, go back and uh, list the highlights, so, like amongst my like family and friends and fun stuff, it's definitely mm-hmm. high. But it was a, it was a tumultuous. Mm-hmm. It was tumultuous. In Incredible. Many ways. He's so yeah. like eloquent. This is fantastic, is. Keller. Yeah, this is, is going to go great. Yeah. I, I don't that. know if I know anybody <laughs> who can like improvise. <laughs> Weird, like bardic Shakespearean <laughs> nonsense, mm-hmm. better than you can. Mm-hmm. That's high praise. Yeah, that is high praise. That. Chris, yeah. we've got two uh, uh, traditions yes. on the podcast. Mm. And actually, we should probably bring up this other thing before we get into the two. But the first one is going to be that Keller's going to tell us what movie we're talking about. The yeah. second tradition mm-hmm. is falls upon you. By the end of the podcast, we're going to ask you. Mm. To contribute any movie in the world, it could even be the movie we watched tonight. Okay, it could, it could be a movie that it came out go. after two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Right, it could be something that came out last week that you believe should belong on a list of the five hundred greatest movies of all time. We we've been accumulating them from our previous guests, and we got a pretty sweet list so far. I think it's pretty, pretty awesome. good list. Pretty good list. Keller, what's this other magazine over here? What's this bullshit? One time. <laughs> 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 we have to talk about this. We were just going about our lives, trying to, you know, just live 
carefree. Mm-hmm. We made know. it. We made it to the end of 2018. We made it all the way to the end the, of 2018. The, the 10 year anniversary of this other magazine, and we made it in the clear. And we thought we we made it. Empire Magazine had did not re up their list of the five. We're like we made it. It would have been this year. It would have yeah, been. When else could they have done yes, this? But then and then some motherfucking movie critics <laughs> at Us Weekly <laughs> decided <laughs> we're gonna put out our own list of the 500 best movies of all time Mm -hmm. and it's it's oh man it's very upsetting as well a lot of crossover and also it's just a bullshit way of doing it (laughs) they're like here's the top 25 movies here's some comedies here's some scary movies they have like harry potter and then then in parentheses they're like all of them i'm like that's a cheat in the top 25 they have harry potter parentheses the whole series i'm like that's a cheat yeah cannot do that you gotta yeah, Can't because of course the Half Blood Prince just drags that down on the list. <laughs> oh I would God. say Goblet of I Fire would say drags Half-Blood it down. Prince is oh, probably right. the best or second best movie. What? No, oh, I, that's I, a whole I'm putting is so far. I'm putting Order of the Phoenix as the second best movie. Oh, you guys are tripping. Prisoner no. of Azkaban is the best movie. Okay, let's go through our fucking rankings. Prisoner of Azkaban right, is the best. We, we have to go. Prisoner of Azkaban is the best movie. Yes, Half-Blood we all agreed. Wait, wait, wait. Prisoner of Azkaban. Half Blood Prince is the second best movie. So we're seven point one. Hang on, hang on. Well, we're all in agreement. Prisoner of Azkaban is number one. No doubt. Like by leaps. Like it's the only great so adaptation. It's the only movie on this list. So let's also thirty-five millimeter at the Vista on Saturday morning if you want in. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. I can shake it. Are you guys going? I'm going. If you're listening to I don't think I can, but if you guys are listening to this, it happened two days ago. I'm sorry. It was Saturday. Hey, if you guys want to make it, um, get a time turner, (laughs) idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. (laughs) And maybe go back and try to save Cedric Diggory on a stage play. So no matter matter what happens... We are all going to stay friends because we are all in agreement mm-hmm. that Prisoner of Azkaban is the best. It's the Potter. best Harry Potter cool. movie. Let's all child. agree what the worst <laughs> Harry Potter movie is. I now. say Goblet of Fire. I I'm also going to say Goblet of Fire. Really? I'm going to go with um, No Fantastic I, I Beasts. I go with half. Oh, those both are. We're weird. not counting those two. Abomination. Just Harry Potter. They there. don't make sense. Those okay. are kind of like her Hobbit films, but even worse because mm. like because there's no it. source material, mm-hmm. and it's like oh no, like I can't go read the good J.R. Tolkien book of this. <laughs> no, exactly. There's no going okay. back. There's what's no, what's oh, your worst? Number two. No worst. My film. my worst is Half Blood Prince. Really? Really? Okay. I think that it adapts the film the worst. I think that mm. the only Yates movie that I like is Seven Point One because I feel like Yates does the real world very well. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like whereas Quran was like, okay, how does how does a magic school look? Mm-hmm. And it's kids, and they're letting their hair go down, and they're mm-hmm. wearing sweatshirts, and they're having fun, and there's just like absolute madness. There's giraffes walking around in the portraits. I feel like Yates was like, how can I make Ground this? this? How Ground can I magic? How mm-hmm. can I make this so stripped of? Excitement that it basically looks like a private school and not a magic school, mm-hmm. and he essentially removes the battle at the end of the film. And mm. so to me, it's like the so battle at the end of five. Too. So that's why you yeah. like seven point one. Seven point one is cool, okay. but I'm like, no, I'm like, I thought that one was very boring. Just it, rewatched it, but it's also kind of that. It, that book it's when you get great. into movie versus adaptation right yeah because ad- i agree with you mm. half-led prince is nowhere near as good as adaptation they don't go into, house of gaunt they, they don't go into that, that in at there. all but i mean as far as a movie goes that i like that one a lot interesting mm. i like slow corn in it i do mm. i am mad Broad, that they got rid broadband. of stuff but i do love 
like the best acting in the entire series is when Michael Gambon's drinking the potion. Oh yeah, oh, like oh, yeah. they do that part right for sure. That yeah. part, Sad. that the, the cave scene is basically like the Gollum riddles in the dark scene in the Hobbit it is, movie, yeah. Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this particular segment you adapted perfectly, mm-hmm. but then you go back to. You know, the, the, the Hogwarts it. grounds and the whole battle with Fenrir Greyback. And, and I know that's like a book adaptation thing, but it's mm-hmm. like you don't take out the Battle of Helm's Deep just because you have the Battle of the Pelennor Fields coming. You do mm-hmm. both battles. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the fact that the Battle of Hogwarts, and I'm I was disappointed that, as I'm hell I'm still mad that the statues don't come to life at the end of Order of the it's, Phoenix. It's, yeah, it's full bullshit. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I just feel justified in that moment right there. Yeah, I feel like my, my buddy Rich Costales... Um, he described Order of the Phoenix, I feel like, perfectly, where he says, it feels like you're being rushed through a beautiful museum by a tour guide. Mm. Ooh, who's yeah. like, and here's this, but oh, nope, nope, we got to move on. No, this thing mm. closes. Yeah, because it shows hours. you the statue. But you know what's funny is that... They it, don't move. I liked they never after, move. after reading... a fucking movie about magic. After reading Order of the Phoenix <laughs> for the first time, hey, listen, the hedges don't move in The Shining either. I'm glad about it. Okay. Actually, no, I'm not. I like <laughs> the book better Mo- than the moving, movie. Moving hedges are cool. I like them too, but I'm not. I don't. And also, they don't ever re- like. I like them not. I wish they had done in the movie them not actually moving, just like them slowly mm, getting just closer. slowly getting like just posed. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I'm reading the books for the first time right now, and I just oh, started okay. seven. I just started just the started last seven. book. Interesting. Um, and at the when I'm finished each book, I'm or rather before reading the book, I rewatch because I've seen all the films. Yeah. So I'm rewatching watching the movie and then I go forward and like read the book yeah. and when I got to order the Phoenix of the movie rewatched it I liked it because to me it did feel like it moved where I was yeah. like oh my god shit's happening shit's happening like the adults mm-hmm. are getting together and it's not just it's Harry and Ron and Hermione being frustrated with their lack of being told what's up it's like adults are doing stuff um, but uh, yeah I didn't really miss some of the, the, the stuff that you guys are but as you're bringing stuff up I'm like yeah I remember that being in the book and that being in the and especially the it's at the end of Half-Blood Prince where uh, what's his name Weasley gets attacked like bit by the werewolf mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. and then I just rewatched Seven Point One, and then that's the first time we see Bill Weasley played by that actor, mm-hmm. that uh, the the Snoke henchman that that lovely guy that guy. <laughs> oh, you know what uh, I'm about? Uh, Dom Hall Gleason. Yeah, 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 Dom Hall Gleason. He shows up like a hunk <laughs> with his little, and he's like, "Hello, Harry. Nice to meet you." I'm like, "What is this bullshit? You guys should know each other." So they I'm, do I'm experiencing. And then, like, Mundungus shows up for the first time. So I'm experiencing a little bit of that thing mm. that I've been told by Harry Potter readers since the beginning, which is like, oh, the movies, you know, sort of shortcut different things. Because up to this point, I'm like, I think the movies have been doing a great job with adapting what is, to me, important from what I'm reading. Yeah. I haven't read to the end of the seventh book I yet. I say five, so like, six mm. is, like, the biggest departure from, like... Okay. The source material. Yeah. Okay. And while they decided to not put in the House of Gaunt, which is, I believe, one of the more interesting things that J.K. Rowling wrote it's in that so entire like series... They made, yeah. It's so, like, It's, like, it's so much a part of it. And of, they just, of Voldemort's like, origin. Like, mm. the ring means nothing, Yeah, and, really. And rather... Or just, like... <laughs> Yeah, but that, but but they did make sure to put we all the lavender brown scenes. Talked in. about what movie we're oh, talking yeah, 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 about. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah uh, we're getting too just off. Just real quick, my ranking is, and I didn't put on the last movie, Seven Point Two, because I haven't rewatched it yet. So so far, I've got number one, Prisoner of Azkaban. Number two, Order of the Phoenix. Number three, Half Blood Prince. Number four, Sorcerer's Stone. Number five, Deathly Hallows Part One. Number six, Chamber of Secrets. Number seven, Goblet of Fire. That's where I'm at. Chris, what's your ranking off the top of your head? Do you All need right. to look at the movies? Yeah, let me look at the list. All right. Okay. Uh, and remember, I don't have 7.2 on there. One, Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Two, 7.1. Mm-hmm. 
three. It's going to be a little nuts, guys. I'm throwing in Chamber of Secrets. Okay. okay. I don't hate it. Wow. I'm I don't hate it either. I think that movie gets way more shit than it deserves. I, I both of the first two do. They're actually kind of great. Well, yes. the first one, just in the world it's building great. alone, you can't give it anything. Yeah. It's great. Even yeah. though three does just reestablish everything. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but one and two defined... Uh, like John Williams' music, know, John Williams' man. music it defined it's how the you way you got, read the books. I know it's it how did. you got the cast. It's yeah. how you got mm-hmm. it's, it's everything. How, yeah, it what's, established what's your fourth? Fourth, Goblet of Fire. Ooh. Goblet of Fire. Dragon's cool, yeah. but no thanks on the rest of the movie. Five. Uh, Sorcerer's no, Stone. The last forty-five minutes is great. I would say oh, yeah. the graveyard. Yeah, the graveyard. Yeah, the graveyard's good. awesome. And that's and all the, the I showing got for up that of, movie, uh, though. Yeah, the entrance Finally. of Voldemort is amazing. That's it's all it really does good. for me, though. It's really good. Yeah, and I liked that. I, I thought that the ta- to me, I think that the, that book is just such a fun idea mm. that I kind of get through. On they just got, how that's one where I really I felt like they okay. lost. Yeah, they pushed you through it too quick. Oh, yeah. yeah, no puzzles. No, they're just yeah. like let's just get to it. What's after Sorcerer's Stone? Sorcerer's Stone is Order of the Phoenix and then Half Blood Prince. Wow. Okay, I'm going to go fast. You ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. First, we have Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Second, we have Half-Blood Prince. Mm. These are just the movies I like to watch the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do agree with you because Half-Blood Prince is also my favorite of the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do get so mad that they leave that stuff out. They leave a lot out. And then probably 7.2. Mm-hmm. And then probably Sorcerer's Stone. Then 7.1, then Chamber of Secrets, then Goblet of Fire. Okay. No, I like did I skip Order of the Phoenix? Yeah. That's in the middle somewhere. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing because I only have seven out of the eight movies. I like calling them 7.1 and 7.2. I'm going to start uh, yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to continue to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. So Thank you for establishing that. We know oh, I didn't that, realize I was saying it. Chris, you're going to pick a movie by the end of the podcast? Oh, yeah, for sure. Keller, we talked about this new bullshit magazine. Maybe at some point we'll go through and figure out. Because they have movies on there like Avatar from 2009. That's the first one that they showed in my face. Which is a movie that um, does not exist on our list because our list was made in 2008. So this has newer movies. This has Black Panther. This has So there's some stuff in there that I'm like, cool, like Get Out is on there. Like what else made the cut from the past decade? I'm curious. But the third tradition, Keller... What movie are we about to talk about? Hit us with it. First one of the new year. <clears throat> 450. King Kong. 2005. Director Peter Trexon. <laughs> Most remakes are exercises in money-grubbing cynicism, but Peter Jackson's King Kong is all about love. Mm-hmm. For a film, a monster... A style of cinema and a child's instant bonding with a screen icon. That's it. Pretty succinct. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> Let, let's get into it. Overall mm-hmm. thoughts. We watched King Kong tonight. It's three hours and eight minutes. We did not watch the extended edition, just the theatrical cut. My God. What happens in 12 minutes? <laughs> Bramante last time. I hope time. it's more bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great scene. Totally unnecessary. Last time you saw this, you said it was maybe when it came out on DVD. Or the extended thing, whenever yes. that was. What was that, 2012? I think it was the extended. It was like this Peter Jackson box set box set thing that mm. had a lot of making up stuff. he did it with all of mm. most of his movies yeah. after, yeah. once he got the budget for that show. And yeah. post-LOTR, it was just like, was obsessed. Yes. Like, yeah. And the fact that they made all of their behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. stuff in Lord of the Rings, like those are all films in and of themselves. Agreed. They're documentaries. And then it's like, I want to see this one about 
uh, King that, Kong. That the other person made about the Hobbit films because mm. there are ones about mm. the Hobbit making on the actual Hobbit DVDs yes. as well that, and they get across the fact that Peter Jackson was thrown into a situation where he didn't have enough time and they just I had know. to make it he was almost like he, honestly I think that Carl Denham in this movie uh, is sort of like a prelude to Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson's experience on the Hobbit yeah where he's just like screwed yeah, and he's screwed, and they're like, you, yeah. you got to make this happen, and it's a spectacle, and then he puts it before everybody, and then everybody's excited, and then it breaks out of its chaise and scares and us all out of the like, theater. Are there boobies? <laughs> <laughs> the studio's like, there's no boobies. But they freak out. Uh, and he yeah. was like, uh, there are only male characters yes. in The Hobbit. I know. I know. It's brutal. It is a... It is a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Mm-hmm. I and 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 to be fair, I think that that the specifically with Evangeline Lilly's character, mm-hmm. there was a way that they could have done it and not included her in a love triangle and not yeah. like where I'm like I I am all for trying to tell a story that has at least one goddamn female character in a you know mm-hmm. and and and, the, and I, I think that the excuse of like well it came out a long time ago and there's only male characters doesn't really hold up for me like you know i think you can change things in adaptation but boy oh boy did that not work out so yeah re-watching king kong chris hit us you first with your overall thoughts on tonight's rewatch what do you think ultimately i think it holds up yeah yes i think that's something that was true pretty much i had the same feelings about it when i saw it in theaters i think that i was a you know i was a freshman in college when it came out mm. saw it in the theater in new york everybody was shrieking and cheering at all of the major moments mm-hmm. three hours you know this was pre a pre-instagram world where our attention spans weren't all destroyed and <laughs> a three-hour film uh, was something we'd grown accustomed to pretty much because of the lord of the rings mm-hmm. especially so, with like the lead up knowing what you're going into mm-hmm. yeah. having seen mm-hmm. from the, the acclaimed rings. director of the lord of the rings trilogy yeah you're like oh shit i'm buckling vision. in i peed mm-hmm. before I got mm-hmm. my snacks. Right. Yeah. Just, just on the to- just on the topic of the running time, by the time the middle of the movie happens and the V Rex and Kong are fighting, I'm pretty much I am strapped in, and I'm and mm-hmm. I'm set for the rest of the film for it to take kind of as long as it wants. It's the lead up to it that I think is a little. It's a little rough to get through, but um, yeah. so I, I yeah I'm totally in the same boat, and also was freshman year in college in 2005. Yeah. Same. So I think we're mm-hmm. the same, same age. So so you're saying you the way that you felt about it then I was uh, about to start high school. Yeah. Great. <laughs> in 2005, yeah? I uh, started high school in 2005, yeah. Freshman, <laughs> freshman high school. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Good for you. Anything new on this rewatch? Anything? And I loved it at 14. Um, yeah. I remember <laughs> arguing with my um, freshman year uh, first professor. Yeah, tell uh, us about that. Professor you, Richard Wesley. You were telling us about Richard Professor... Richard Wesley. Was he British? No. It's weird no. when not British people have the last name Wesley. <laughs> yeah, Richard Wesley, like Professor Wesley. He hated this film. He hated it. Tell us first of all, like how also, did you? Also, what was his stance on the Lord of the Rings films? He hated him. Okay, so we don't mm. like this guy to begin with. Well, He's he like, was very wait, like, wait, wait, Roger yeah. Altman. Wait, wait, wait. Rob Professor Altman. Wesley hated the Lord Philip of the Rings Altman. films. Well, he it was because of I think that he. He was impassioned against them in the idea of the length. He was very much a, he is a writer's writer. He was the, you know, chairman of a writing school. Sure. So his perspective on it is Peter Jackson is adding Mm. spectacle and flair Mm. because he's hiding uh, 
faulty writing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that he gave Lord of the Rings. I think I don't fully remember our conversations about it though. He was a huge sci-fi fan, but he gave Lord of the Rings more of a pass because it was like, you are shrinking something that's already long Got it. as opposed to this, which was King Kong, which is a great film mm-hmm. already had a successful running time. Yes. An hour and a half. Yes. So why did you need to take mm-hmm. an hour and 10 minutes to get to Skull Island? Yeah. Cause it's that. also an homage to a thing. Uh, yeah. I, there, I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff at play, but I think as we're watching it, Bramante nailed it on the head where he was like, this is Peter Jackson coming off of return of the King mm-hmm. thinking, this is how I make my movies now adding the same level of gravitas Mm-hmm. To King Kong, which is a thing he loves as much or more than the Lord of the Rings books which and world. the entire, like, I don't know, good and evil is in the balance in Lord of the Rings yes. versus King Kong. Which is like a totally different story. And it does totally different, different things. Totally different scale. And absolutely. Still different scale. Still similarly. epic. Still epic. And, you know, he, he pulled off some things that I think are perfect for King Kong. And I'm like, yeah, you've fucking nailed it. Again, that T-Rex fight. God, it's so it's good. It's, it's really incredible. incredible. All of them. How many T-Rexes yeah. are there? Three? three. Yeah. Dude, yeah. the first there's two and then there's three. And it's crazy. Yeah. The, the spectacle of that. Like, I remember seeing that in theaters. Uh, to this day, I don't really think there was anything more epic to see in a theater. I'm trying yeah. to, to think of one. Like, Dude. even any of these Marvel fights or maybe yeah. some of the Lord of the Rings stuff with, like, Maybe the two, maybe maybe the Battle of Helm's Deep mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. with the Ents and stuff. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, just like that intercut with like tossing the dwarf and mm-hmm. like Aragorn and Gimli fighting back to back. Like this is like get you Something to cheer that theater huge stuff. In the theater though, yeah. And I remember, I yeah. And uh, there was a moment I had in a Virgin megastore, which no longer exists, <laughs> which is now a bank on Union Square. Oh, sad. Where. I used to go there all the time. I just used to like to walk around. It was like a so three-floored. so much. Mm-hmm. There was so much. I remember being in the basement where they had all of the DVDs, and King Kong was released, and looking up at the T-Rex fight, and then taking or the V-Rex fight, and then taking a moment to look around the store and seeing that about 50 to 60 people had just all, not together, mm-hmm. not friends, mm-hmm. all just browsing, had stopped and were just like, Staring at the screens, yeah, and I remember thinking that I was like that. Yes, this, yeah, you did. This sequence is incredible. He's it's captivating. It's yeah. so good. But to Professor Wesley's point, the movie is what's the word I'm thinking of? Where it's like mm, Peter Jackson. It's not masturbatory, but it's very to um, a degree. It's, it's verbose. It's verbose. It's it's something where you're just swimming in your own it's juices. A, what is it? Decadent. What's the word I'm thinking of? Do you know, know what, what I'm thinking of? Color? Extravagant or it's there, it's. it's <clears throat> It's very indulgent. 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 Nailed it. Yes. It's indulgent. It's and incredibly I indulgent. Agree. It it's, really is. Um, he's man, yeah. He's just taking too long to do everything. <laughs> and we didn't need any of those characters because I think yeah. it's like what we all I think agree upon is for the most part on the island and even when they return to New York. Mm-hmm. I don't have any issue with any of that. Correct. Stuff. Basically, well as soon as you see Kong and he grabs her, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're in. It, yeah. Everything else works. And and for me, the main thing that uh, on this rewatch, on this takeaway, I, I agree with you, Chris. After, sorry. What, what were you going to say? Even after that, they don't even like go back to the natives. That's what I'm saying. So, like for me, a couple of takeaways. Number one. Yes, I think the movie still works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, yes, I still like it. Yeah. Number two, I don't know if it's one of the 500 greatest movies ever made, 
because it is very indulgent. It is it's everything mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Um, and I would save the I would save three spots for Peter's Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Um, number three, the characters that we spend so much time with in the beginning, we don't really see after Kong is captured. And the New York scene at the end mm. is powerful to me because it is Driscoll, Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. It is uh, Darrow. Is that uh, uh, Naomi Watts' character's and, name? And Darrow, yeah. It is a little bit of Jack Black's character, and it's Kong as a character and as, a, as an animal. And Colin Hanks. And what's that? Colin Hanks. And co- a little, uh, little Colin and a Hanks. a little bit of, uh, of um, Coach Taylor. Of Coach Taylor, that's right. A, yeah, you know, they kind but, of wrap it up real nicely at yes, the end. Yes, but, but it's Driscoll, it's Darrow, and it's Kong. And, and specifically... Naomi Watts and Kong and them spending some time together and then reminding us like ice skating. They, uh, yeah, ice skating. And then like they care about each other and there is, you know, there's something there so that at the end when Kong dies, it does hit. It is sad. Mm-hmm. And Peter Jackson lets you know, hey, this is what I think about the story. It is sad. It's not epic and cool and Kong fighting with giant monsters, which I also still enjoy separately. Mm-hmm. I really like Kong Skull Island. I'm a fan. I own it. I thought that which movie was great. Which you also get in this though. You, like you do, like yes. you just said, yeah. you've never seen anything match oh. that. Nothing in King or nothing in Kong Skull Island Agreed. matches that T Rex. Who directed that one? It was Jordan Vote Roberts, who I think is doing like a Metal Gear Solid movie. He's okay. a big, oh, big he's like That's a big cool. gamer. He seems like this young, rad, cool dude. I mean, Kong Skull Island has Brie Larson, it has Tom Hiddleston, it has John C. Riley, Samuel Jackson, John Goodman. Like it's a great cast, and it's really fun. And there's parts that are really scary as well, but I think that it it doesn't attempt and co- or like come close. It's like a monster, more it monster attempt, movie. It doesn't attempt, right? Does not attempt the same thing that Peter Jackson did, which is heart. Mm-hmm. And when Jordan Vote Roberts full on spectacle, exactly. Just to talk about that movie for a second, Jordan Vote Roberts has said when he went in to take meetings for Kong, he was like, "Well, why are they doing this?" Peter Jackson like nailed it. Is mm-hmm. was his mentality? It was like yeah. you know, and they were asking him when he was taking these meetings, "Well, what would you do?" If you were doing your own King Kong movie and he came up with, well, because Peter Jackson did King Kong, my movie would be something totally different. It would be action and it would be Vietnam and it would be. And so he's like, I'd set it in the 70s. I would say, you know, I would try to do I would dip into a little bit of that Vietnam movie world, which, you know, Peter Jackson's is time period. And it's brilliant at that. So so I like that Jordan Vote Roberts knew he's like, I'm going to do something very different than what Peter Jackson in his mind already sort of perfected and nailed and did. And I don't think that there's really a lot of overlap, which is nice because I because it's not mm-hmm. I don't watch one and go, oh, it's a shame that they just redid it, you know, redid it 13 years later. Or whatever. Like that doesn't happen. No. You watch the amazing spider-man movies with andrew garfield you're like damn they just rebooted this Mm -hmm. within five years like it sucks like you know but peter jackson's kong i still think is 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 on a level of its own there's nobody that that tried to do that yeah so it's a unique movie in that i don't know if there's any other example in any film that's been made mm -hmm. that peter jackson wins all of his oscars for return of the king Mm mm-hmm I believe what was it like Ben Hur is the, it matched Ben Hur for the Amount most Oscars. Oscars that a film yeah, has won like twelve or something yeah yeah and they pretty much gave him you know the reason yeah. that they gave it to Return of the King is they were giving it to the Lord of the Rings as a whole yes yeah. um, but I think that the idea that okay Peter Jackson you just won Hollywood mm-hmm. what do you want to do. I want to make my own version of the movie that, when I was a little kid, made me want to make movies. That's awesome. Yeah. I and like that. And he did it. And he, he did it. And he's a fanboy of King Kong. Yeah. And then used... It shows. And it really does. It, mm-hmm. It's 
it's lived in, it's cared for. Mm-hmm. He built it out. Mm-hmm. It's still artistic and beautiful. And like the opening with the, with the vaudeville stuff and all the great depression footage. Mm-hmm. It's, like it's that. amazing. It's just the boat stuff. We can all agree. Boat stuff is not for everybody. Man, you know, yeah. if you're thinking Too about trying out boat, boat stuff, stuff. It, it, you might want to just maybe suggest something else. Cause boat stuff, it's, it's just not so much boat stuff. Yeah, man. It was a little, a painful. little less. Honestly, it was a little painful to get through all that boat less stuff. Boat it was stuff. like, I wasn't expecting that. And it, it, it just sprung it on. And it, it what what would you say? Kelly? It was like 30 minutes of boat 30, stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta Let's explore some, down. explore yeah, some definitely. other areas. Keller, what did you think? Let's get off the boat. Upon rewatching King Kong by Peter Jackson, I enjoyed this movie again. I think probably the last time I saw it was when it came out on mm-hmm. DVD. Mm-hmm. And I saw it in theaters too, and also was super pumped about it because of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And other than it being an eternity long, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like you can. Like you said, there's a 108 minute version. Yeah, dude. I want oh, every part of that. I do too. I see I'm curious. What that so is. here's what I did. I did a little bit of research as we were watching the movie because you know it's an eternity long. So I'm like mm-hmm. on my phone. I'm like, let me check something out. And I, when we get back to the movie, I won't have missed anything. And that's what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Jimmy and Mr. Hayes scene. <laughs> oh yeah, Jimmy and Mr. Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. that's a, That's the half hour you cut. Exactly. We did it. It's the boat stuff. Yes. I'll let him have a two and a half hour movie. Uh I was talking to Hector before we started and I was like, how long is this and how long is Return of the King? Mm -hmm. And he was like, Return of the King is a little bit longer. And I was like, okay, (laughs) as long as he didn't go longer than Return of the King on this. Like this, he needs to not get too big for his riches. I, I think King Kong is longer than Fellowship of the Ring, the theatrical cut. Cause I just watched Fellowship just and about, it's, yeah. it's right under three hours and this was 308. This was I three hours, Fellowship eight minutes. Theatrical is over three. No, really? I, I just watched it and just looked at the running time huh. and it was like two fifty eight huh. or something like, which it, is still crazy. Super long. Like yeah. his like first Gandalf movie died, since like and I had an the hour and a half. Frighteners. Yeah. Mm. And he gets a three hour fantasy yeah. epic. One part one of three. Almost put them bankrupt though. New, like New it, Line. I think it did. Almost murdered New Line until it came out. And they're like, yeah, hey guys, we got a little bit of <laughs> money to float on. It's a hit. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. we can't pay you, Elijah. And he was like, mm, that's not going to work for me. In Return of the King Wilfred. Is, all right. In Return <laughs> of the King is so long because a lot of the Two Towers book is in yeah. Return of the King. Spider oh, yeah, and all true. that stuff. Yeah, Which yeah. I think is actually kind of frustrating. So here's a really interesting thing is um, when I was doing that research. I guess pacing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was looking up and I was like, it somebody. in 12 times. So tell me somebody made a throw fan. bonus features. What? <laughs> I was saying throw some of those 10 endings in the bonus features. Oh, yeah. No. Totally unnecessary. It's also weird because it's like the many endings of Return of the King. It's not even like he's just Sort of ending it. Mm-hmm. It's like it fades to black. It goes, no. Banana, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just Hater. don't fade to black. I know. Just, just let it know, be smooth. Yeah, fade just, into something else. Even just do let the, that. Let, hacky the vo- let, let the voiceover continue. Exactly. Like let's you know yeah. let bring in Kate Blanchett. Bring her back because she's right. got a great like, VO. We were saying that's all this movie needed. That's true. I would have let this movie be three hours and forty five minutes long if Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett was talking over <sighs> the moments where we're just looking at a boat in open water. That's true. If she was like the sailors. <laughs> coming across the fog have no idea what's coming no fucking idea <laughs> and if at the end Blanchett. it's not jack, it's not jack black at the end it's like he just shows up he's like wow this monkey died whoa and then you hear kate blanchett like 
Then it was true. Twas beauty killed the beast. It would be beautiful. Yeah, Chelsea would have liked it then. It would have been, yeah. it would have been great. She would have liked Kate the line of Kate Blanchett. It would have been great. But <laughs> there's a... Okay, just kidding. That's the movie I want. I want Kate Blanchett to have yeah. played Jack Black's part the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing this. Come on. Yeah. Now we've got a picture. Um, uh, maybe this fan edit that I found was done by Professor Wesley. Because the okay. fan's goal was like... The original King Kong running time was like 120 minutes or something, like, or like 103 minutes. It's like an hour and a half. This fan tried to match the Peter Jackson footage and movie to that original running time no, because don't they do thought that. they love the new one. They love Peter Jackson's movie, but they were like, "I get how people are saying it's too long," mm-hmm. and they. Uh, I think uh, felt that, yeah, the original King Kong running time means that's a successful running time. Yeah. That worked as a story from A to B. Like, it mm-hmm. worked. So they tried to, but they, they took like, out an hour and a half. Can you watch it now and it, like, holds up? Apparently, I didn't, I mean, I didn't watch the new edit, but, like, a description of it's like, I took out a couple scenes with Driscoll and Anne, but they still say some words to each other and it still makes sense. I took out this, I took out that, I brought in this deleted scene. From from like uh, you know the DVD mm-hmm. or whatever and uh, Ooh, I like that uh, the resolution's not great but they added like two minutes of something and like took out a bunch of stuff in the beginning and the, in the fan edit description they're like we get to Skull Island and we meet Kong within twenty minutes and I'm like that is so interesting would it all still work I don't know but remember there's ten minutes of them arriving Chris pointed out he's like I he goes it was like a five minute sequence you see the rocks and then 10 minutes later they're in a boat navigating Mm -hmm. through the rocks during the daytime Mm -hmm. but like and then when they come across the the first native person who was that little girl it was like then it was like it felt like another 10 minutes of like Mm -hmm. you know them being freaked out and killed and taken over by native people so a bunch of stuff you okay you about to sneeze I'm about to sneeze but I'm not going to sneeze <laughs> and all the weird Lord of the Rings slow-mo thing that mm-hmm. he does right. the mm-hmm. choppy the slow-mo scenes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which or works. just when you're supposed to be freaked out which works when it's supposed to be you know hobbits running from dark riders or whatever but not when it's in King Kong like yeah or when he's like slipping on the out. ring then it makes sense but. I think it's intended to convey uh, like first person disorientation mm. mm-hmm. and that's why yeah. he always does it in like the fights mm. it's like the hobbits being freaked out or it's like you know yeah. like the cave troll battle or yep the um scene in uh osgiliath i think is where it happened but uh, mm. Osgil- the osgiliath fight in return of the king they do a lot of that like shaky up close yeah. stuff yep yep yeah man um so yeah that's where that's where i'm at with the yeah. movie i think we're all in agreement mm. like it's good keller do you think it should be one of the 500 greatest chris do you think um, my is instinct is that it tough. shouldn't. Okay. Yeah, probably okay. not. It is one of the better, like, remakes. I agree. But we were talking about, like, this movie would not be made unless it was a remake. Correct. This would not work as an original, you know, three-hour creation from Peter Jackson that he's following up The Lord of the Rings. If this was original, if this was not based on an existing movie or book or whatever, and Peter was just like, I have an idea, and was like, here's a giant ape in 1933, and kind of, like, falls, uh, you know, like, they have feelings for this blonde woman, and then he dies. Everyone would be like, you're insane. This movie is very much like addressing the iconography that it it has established. I remember when Peter Jackson was talking about it and he was like I just could not come up with a way to to have Kong on the Empire State Building fighting biplanes and set it in the modern year because he's like I needed the biplanes in it that was his visual that he was you know had, and that was had. some of my favorite stuff Good some of the stuff. shots from yeah. the biplane going at Kong yeah that's what I wanted in 3D yeah yeah mm. that would have been rad 
Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's funny because I, I don't think I've ever even seen the original King Kong. Oh, really? I've only seen parts of it. I've only seen, um, scenes and stuff. Um, but I still know, everybody knows the story. I, f- I feel like mm. a lot of people have been exposed through pop culture, through things like the Simpsons, through whatever that they like the Treehouse of horror just does King Kong in black right. and white. Yeah. King so, Homer. Ki- yeah. King Homer. So like, so I knew the story. Um, so then to go into this movie when, when they just show a shot of the empire state building and, and Kong is running towards it with Anne in his hand, I'm like, Oh no. Like it's sad because you know what's coming. And that whole thing works for me because at the end, and when you see the biplanes, come you see in, the biplane, said- and it's just a noise like, uh, in the bat in the distance as he's having this moment with Anne on the, on the sunset or mm-hmm. sunrise. And then the planes are just ominously in the background. It all works for me. And I was curious. I'm like, well, would this work for somebody who doesn't know this story? And I guess it did. Chelsea was our yeah. She our liked it. Litmus she test. She liked everything up until Adrian Brody walked across the <laughs> rooftop, which is a bit of a dumb cop out thing. Mm-hmm. It's a little odd. They should have just left her with that sadness. Would have been so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But he was—he's not your typical movie hero. You know, he's not the Kyle Chandler of the thing. Like he's not. He, True, he was, but he's, he's also barely in it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm a writer, and I got yeah. roped into this thing. It's true. I might end up. Going, I don't know. I like that little scene where he's looking at his own play, realizing like I, could, I should go see her. Uh, when he wrote a play for her, and another actress is like doing her lines, and you know, and he's understanding like I should just say how I feel instead of trying to like be smart and be like I thought it was obvious. It's like you idiot. Yeah, she's obviously very dumb. She doesn't understand <laughs> how you feel. Um, what else is there to say? The bugs were insanely gross. Oh, the oh bugs yeah. Are so and it, it happens worked. right after the V-Rex scene. It's like, wow, how can you top that by doing something equally stimulating? <laughs> have worms that have slugs come uh, out of their mouths. Come on, they're just huge dicks. Rip, they were penises. They're giant penises. I didn't just, say it. You didn't say it. They were you didn't say it, Chris. Sucking off Andy it was Circus's arms Chelsea and legs. Chelsea said it. Chelsea yep. was like, I don't, she's like, I don't need penises. I, we didn't need the penises. <laughs> we didn't. It's true. It we was didn't. Pretty that disturbing. Was a, that was a it superfluous was. scene. It was. And I love it. It's yeah. so yeah. gnarly. It's so... Yeah, dude, in the scene right before that, to go back to the T-Rex, V-Rex, do we know what V stands for, in all seriousness? Um, I'd have to look Rex. it up. It's a Velociraptor Rex? Yeah. <laughs> I only know it's V-Rex because I had a book called The World of Kong, mm-hmm. which was a fake... What's the word again? Atlas. Atlas. A fake atlas of Skull Island that was like created. It was like written as though all this was real. Cool. And they were called V-Rexes, which is not the same as a T-Rex. No, you said it was a Peter Jackson creation. Yes. And it's confirmed because I have a book called The Making of King Kong. I forgot that it's up on my Mm -hmm. shelf. Flip through it and sure enough, there's V-Rexes there and they go through some concept art and cool shit. And yeah, it's pretty Pretty cool. Pretty scary. I have a question. All the CG holds up. Yeah. So. For the most part. Totally. My question is, I like the misdirects happening in the end where it's like, Driscoll's watching his play. Mm-hmm. He wrote it for her, but she's not in it. Mm-hmm. We're led to believe because it's on the marquee that Anne Darrow chose to take the money of Denim and is starring yeah. in Kong, Kong. But then it is revealed that she is actually in the ensemble or mm-hmm. the dancing ensemble of a completely separate piece. Some off-Broadway thing, probably. Then why does Denim put her name in it? Is it because there was like, because she's the character, like, like maybe in the press? That's a great was question. Like the actress and Darrow. That's a great question. And I think that that might be it. I think that the answer, <coughs> I think the answer is like, they caught this ape. The ship gets back to New York. 
they have this it's unconscious a ape. Story. It's it. People mm-hmm. are like, oh my, you'll never get this. It's, it's it's something. You know, what's a guy? What's Jack Black's character's name? Carl. Carl, Denim. Carl Denning has caught a Denim. Uh, eighth. Carl Denham has captured the eighth wonder of the world with actress Anne Darrow. She's on the ship too, and mm-hmm. it's like a blonde woman, and it's right. So I'm like, it might be that, and and that everyone wants to see the actual mm-hmm. yeah. actor actress who was yeah. It would make sense. It would make sense. All right, that but, makes sense to me. That's what I'll. That, those are the blanks that will fill it. I feel like in 1933 it was easier to fake that shit. It was mm-hmm. easier. You know, like but Kong like, knew. What's that? Kong knew in his where he's going oh, through yeah. and finding blonde ladies, and then just I want to know how anybody thought those chains would hold him after everything they saw on that island. Well, because I mean, they thought the Titanic wouldn't sink. I I, I got True. the answer for you as well. It seemed like the shot where Kong was kind of reaching out towards Anne when she was on the little boat and he was just suffering from the chloroform and and she kind of didn't go to him kind of broke his heart like so he so he sort of gave up and then when he's chained up before he even his arms are strung up he's just looking off to the side listlessly he's just like oh, depressed and i think they did a good job of showing us he's given up mm-hmm. he's been taken captive he's given up mm-hmm. but it isn't until the fake blonde woman in front of him that he's like huh, huh, and freaks out yeah. so so i bought that but yeah, man. After I like you the see what section. happens on that island, it's like, I know. dude, take some precautions. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why none of the boat dudes were there. All the boat dudes were like, "Well, I'm not involved in this show." Yeah, but you're crazy. Chandler still was. I know, idiot. He was just such a coward the whole time. He was, and because he loved fame, he and did. So love did fame. so did Denim. Mm-hmm. They all loved. That's what. That's what it was. And neither of them die. Yeah, that's true. Denim should have died. Yeah. I wish that mm-hmm. fall. I wish King Kong mm-hmm. had fallen Fell. onto <laughs> Denim. Well, it's a tragedy. It yeah, was Beast you know. who had killed the asshole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Dude. They survived. Uh, this is a question I think that we wouldn't know because we both, we all haven't rewatched King Kong recently, but I do believe that miscellaneous policemen mm-hmm. say that line in the Instead end. Instead of the original, Denim. That oh, Denim, really? Denim does not say that. You're oh, probably okay. right. I think You're that probably he right. just wanted to give the line to somebody. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I just got like oh, blasted. Ooh, the AC the, still let me, oh, let me wow, turn that, that might be the heat. Hey, let now. me turn that off. Hang on a second. Hang that on. It's kind of hilarious. All of a sudden, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> you looked great. I thought you said something sexy or something. I thought it was yeah. just like. <laughs> yeah. That was actually kind of an interesting, <laughs> very dramatic. I thought it was an episode now. of Touched by an Angel. <laughs> what a way to what a way to underscore yeah. your point, Chris. That was very dramatic to have your hair blowing in the wind like a shampoo commercial. Yeah. Um, all right, so this movie's great. Yes. Well, we need to talk about um, romance or not a romance. Oh yeah, right. Do we need to I, talk about that? And the problematic portrayal of indigenous. Yes. Oh, yes. big time. <laughs> and there's no. I don't want to say there's no way around that because I think that there is. I think that even though it's not the best, a way more responsible and accurate portrayal of indigenous people, even if it's a fictional indigenous people, because the denizens of Skull Island are not real. Skull Island is not real. We get that. But you're still showing like brown people. Well, you know, and they, like in a tribe, people in brown. Face. Yeah, they're like New Zealand actors that are white and like brown face and stuff, or yeah. or, or whatever. Um, you still have a responsibility to show like indigenous people as human as, beings, as accurate and as human beings. You know, even if they're an isolated tribe, like you still have to show humanity and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if there's no other brown people in the rest of your movie. Uh, well, except I guess Mr. Um, Mr. Hayes, Mr. Hayes. That's right, Mr. Hayes. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine. So. Um, I don't want to say there's no way around it. Kong Skull Island does an interesting thing that shows an indigenous group on that Skull Island that's kind of like 
a little bit more modernized, and they're in the seventies. They're isolated, but and they, they still just, like coexist. With they Kong. coexist with Kong, and he's kind of a spiritual nature protector. He's and, there for a reason, and I think they provide a bunch of food for him, but not like a sacrifice of like a white woman kind of a you know savage type thing. Um, I think I was bummed out that like Peter Jackson of all people didn't attempt when he's updating the 1933, like, dude, can you, you want to do something a little bit better than that? Like, especially, especially because Peter Jackson was, and the Lord of the Rings movies are, were, and are criticized for like not having people of color really like, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's like, you know, when you get into that philosophy, when you get into that argument of like, well, it's a fantasy setting, it's middle earth, it's based on Europe, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, there's still, there's still like an effort to be like, this story has all of these kinds of people and actors, whether they're hobbits or dwarves or whatever, it's all actors and they're all going to be white instead of like attempting to be like, here's different color dwarves and here's different color elves and here's different color humans and here's different color, you know, you don't have to have the same racial history of the earth in your fictional world like you yeah. can you can be yeah, like do like long want. ago in the realm of man nine rings were given to and one of those dudes is black like it like you can just do that mm-hmm. and it's not gonna take away from you know you know it's like well we wanted to be true to earth's history or that's just awful. like don't not even earth. say it and yeah. just do it and just do it because in just tolkien's writings it. it's not like he exactly. specifies it's like spell exactly. it out he's like he had long auburn hair and a stern mm-hmm. look about mm-hmm. him it's true mm-hmm. right it's and true then just yeah. he really just like goes into what they wear honestly yeah. Maybe a little too much <laughs> to, uh, to yeah. tone it down, Tolkien. Hey, uh, so it. yeah, so like that it's was nice a brooch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was a bit disappointing. Um, but back to the romance versus not. Like it's there. I, I think I, I'm not going to tell people who believe that it's like a sexual thing that they're wrong if they read it that way. I don't read it that way. Maybe I'm telling myself. I think I, I figured out the phrase, which is I said it's Jane Goodall. Yeah. When we were watching like the movie, that. I was like, I was like, to me, it is Naomi Watts' character recognizes that this is a compassionate, intelligent animal. I see James right? Franco and Caesar. <laughs> you think you see James Franco and Caesar in yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Fair. That's I get that. That's a father son kind of a thing. And then Kong to me loves um, Anne the same way that an ape would care about Jane Goodall. Where it's you know it's just like like they also recognize compassion and humanity and. And all that stuff. And especially they show Kong like laughing. Like we've all seen mm-hmm. footage of like Coco the gorilla or different gorillas like laughing. Yeah. You know, like right. doing sign language and go, oh, 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 oh. And you're like, that's so cool. You guys miss it. Hector did a really good gorilla Thank impression. Thank you. Oh, that's now, great. Like, they, they can hurt it. And like, he's like, oh, oh. He's I like doing that. a lot of yeah, lip work. It's that. good. That's so all Andy work. Circus does is lip work, man. Mm, it is a mess that's of right. lip work. It's just really like good. hitting himself. So that's how I see it. How do you guys feel about the relationship? I think the Jane Goodall thing makes sense to okay. me. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's like, uh, I guess that there's something in the way that the longing is portrayed mm. that comes across as sort of like romantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily romantic beyond just like general creature appreciation, mm-hmm. but definitely some kind of animal I love you like it's love Mm -hmm. and i get that and something slightly beyond uh like Uh, a pet yes yeah it feels beyond that okay yeah i get that it's like artax just is getting sucked into you know the mud Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how sad it is (laughs) yeah i i think uh man one of the one of the best things about the movie is um naomi watts's uh performance Mm -hmm. she 
demolishes it. She crushes it. She's so acting off of nothing. Nothing. But what what she depicts on her face is like, I love this animal. If there was a way that I could be, like I could spend time with this animal and we could live our lives, like she would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they told her like, okay, we set up an enclosure and you can go and live with uh, Kong in like on an island somewhere and it's safe, like she would straight up be like, bye, and she would go do it. For sure. But it wasn't like a sexual, like we were saying while watching the movie, he loves her with every fiber of his being, but doesn't want to involve his penis in any way. It's not, yeah. it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, definitely no. not. Yeah. But, uh, but Chris, you were saying OG King Kong is just, he's a monster and she was afraid of him. To my memory. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, correct me. Or don't correct. Oh, you know the internet will. The internet. <laughs> Hello, oh, guys. Wow. Don't correct them. <laughs> leave, um, leave them alone. Who knows where the judges of this reality will exist? But the I do believe that in the past he was just sort of this faceless monster that mm-hmm. that she was screaming in mm-hmm. reaction to, mm-hmm. and that Fay Ray's performance you- as Anne <clears throat> was far less of a character. Mm-hmm. And that the connection was not what it was built off of. And that is Peter Jackson's I like legacy. Of, that might be an argument for an extra half hour being yeah. checked on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. alone. That's true. Just that relationship. That's true, yeah. Right. I like it. Well, that's awesome. Is there anything else we can say about King Kong, Peter Jackson? Uh, we covered it all, man. Yeah, we did yeah. all of it. It's a good tribute. That jawbreak, that V-Rex jawbreaking is fucking awesome. Because he's like, the entire time, King Kong is like, I'm going to fucking break your jaw. He like gets out of it a few times and he's like, all right, all right, that's super funny. Get back over here, dude. I'm going to fucking break your jaw. And then he just grabs either side of his jaw and he just jams it into its face. He jams his own jaw. And then like like an animal. Plays with, picks it yeah, up to make like, sure oh, it's yeah, like, this is like super broke. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, he's like super dead. Yeah. God, I love it so much. When Naomi Watts gets up and she's all like looking at the V-Rex and then there's just a shot of like Kong landing. Like, mm-hmm. God, it's such a good moment. It yeah. is. That fight's great. All right, guys. Well, King Kong's great. Chris, we have to ask you, what movie would you contribute to a list of the 500 greatest movies of all time? <sighs> okay. Okay. Wow. That is a... It's a big question, and All I'm right. sorry to throw it at you. Oh, no, no, that's a good... Uh, I'm glad that I ha- have to add it. Mm-hmm. Okay, of all the movies... This is already on there, the by the way. This is already on there. See okay, this? Okay, yep, I see. Okay, good, good, good. I see okay. the ones that are added. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. If you, if you, if you say one and it's on here, we can double check, but like you can just pick another one. Okay, right. I, I don't want to leave too much dead air in this, uh, okay. in this moment. So, all right, I'm just going to kind of pick one that is... Spring into mind. Okay. Okay. I am going to put on the list. Oh my god. Believe it or not. Oh my god. I haven't seen that. Um Disney's animated Robin Hood. Whoa. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Thank Whoa. you so so much. <laughs> solid That's my favorite pick. Disney movie. It's solid really pick. Great. It's really great. It is so what, good. What year was that? 1977? Oh, I believe that's that's gotta be sixties. I think sixties? So. Yeah, it's oh, too experimental. Really? That's like Butch Casting and Sundance Kid, the animated movie. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> okay. It's, Except it's they don't really both excellent. die I'll at the end. Up. I'll look it up right now. But t- tell us a little bit about why you picked why Robin Hood. He loves Roger Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually do love, yeah, uh, I have a cover actually online. Me and my friend Matt on a, 
uh, animation channel or an animation talk show channel that we used to do called Anim Fantastic, we did a, lo- a shot-for-shot remake of Udalali. That's mm. awesome. We recorded a version of it. 1973, suckers. Oh, he's in. He knew it. Okay. Yeah, because then were they recycling animation from... Yeah. From, from Baloo? All, from Jungle okay. Book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From like a bunch of them. And just Phil Harris. Snow White, yeah. from a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that why that one's on there is... In terms of a heroic role model that, and also I think the perfect anthropomorphized animal mm. is that Fox Robin Hood. God, he's so hot. Yeah. He he's is amazing. so hot. Real he's stud great. muffin. Yeah. He's so great. And like the love between Marion and Robin, like, whereas like you look at, like I love Mel Brooks, but you look mm-hmm. at, you know, Robin Hood Men in Tights and mm-hmm. it definitely is funny. not, it's funny, but it's definitely not feminist. No. Correct. And a lot of Mel Brooks stuff is not. Correct. Uh, it's a very there's a lot of male energy to it and whereas I don't really feel like I that's feel what like comes across like in Robin Hood. Fairly animated. feminist energy mm. to it kind yeah. of like even like uh I don't know Maid Marian's like the hen who is like mm-hmm. I don't know she's constantly just talking about how I don't know, taking care of herself or whatever, mm-hmm. or how she needs to take care of herself. Yeah, that's a great pick. That's yeah. a great pick. And it introduces to kids the concept of taxation without representation. Yeah. And <laughs> that, you know what, just because somebody has power doesn't mean that they're good. In fact, oftentimes they're actually really bad. That's yeah. very true. And just the music, and there's not, and it's not quite a musical, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. It's like it, a narrator singing sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's... That it's, one... It's, it's timeless while also being super songs, 70s, yeah. 60s. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of... That, that music of that era is uh, is definitely like prevalent throughout it, but it still does feel timeless to me. It feels... Because it's set in the old Robin Hood times. You it's know, set like in old Robin times. Hood times, but also it has like yeah. modern-ish music. Yep. Mm. And such great animation. And I think it was Wolfgang Reitherman who directed it. Mm. He also did Jungle Book. And he also, if I'm not mistaken from memory, at least, that he did Jungle Book. He did Sword and Stone. Awesome. One of my three favorites. Those are so good. Yeah, because the, the whole nine, the nine old men, do you know what I mean when I say? Yeah, yeah the whole nine old men era is yeah. just... Untouchable. It is a era of Disney animation that was sort of headed by nine veteran animators that mm-hmm. became known as the Nine Old Men. That, mm-hmm. that a lot of what they figured out in the early years is basically still taught today. A mm-hmm. lot of what they uh, imparted in the new class, and in fact, I think two of them, um, Ollie Johnston and I'm forgetting the other guy's name, Frank. Were, Frank, Frank. I just I forget Frank, his last name, but Frank and Ollie. Yeah, Frank Thomas. I think it could be. Were were Frank mentors of Brad Bird. Mm-hmm. And were animated into both the Iron Giant and the Incredibles. In the Iron Giant, they're the two train conductors that are like, "Tell them what you saw." Oh, it yeah. was a big metal man. And then in the Incredibles, when something happens at the end of the movie, and they're like, "That's the way you do it. That's old school." <laughs> yeah, like they were animated both of them and and did their own voices, being very older men, but mm-hmm. were were mentors to people like Brad Bird and his generation with uh, animators and like, yeah, man, that stuff is, that stuff is those pencil lines that you can see that yeah. era of Disney. So good. So good. Great pick. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like, I was like, what am I going to say? Oh my God. And then I was like, well, you know what? I bet's <coughs> not on these lists yeah. and yeah. should be. And I feel like amongst people generally in our age group, even though that movie came out 
Yeah. You know, what was it? So it was 73, so 14 years before I was born. Correct. It was still a staple. Yeah. It was a staple. And I think that what's interesting about... That's at VHS. That's yeah. what that yeah, is. The VHS power of the staple. VHS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That because, white plastic mm-hmm. carton. Yeah. I don't know entirely, but I've heard this, that young children today are experiencing a uh, an inability to love hand-drawn animation films. Really? At least that's what my friend Emily <sighs> said that her nephews they grew up on Toy Story and Monsters Inc and, and Shrek mm-hmm, and Shrek. So to them animation is that is that. And when they see Ugh. hand-drawn, it's kind of like when some people would see black and white, they can't mm, quite get behind to it. it. Fuck. I, I don't know if that's entirely true, I but could, I think I it's could, partially why all these live action Disney remakes are happening. Yeah. Is I, that I, Disney I, can't afford to not have those ideas be popular in their stores. That's for their why yeah. Spider Man so awesome. Oh my god, yes. that was great. Yeah, into the Spider Verse, you guys, is phenomenal. And oh, it's CG. It but is. it still has a very two D yeah, it feels hand feel to it. And there's elements of it that are hand drawn, and there. Well, it's like I would believe that, but at the same time, when Keller and I last year we went to go see the Iron Giant on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning, theater full of kids, and they like are are res- reacting the yes. same way that we're reacting. Oh my god! Okay, well that's crying at the end. They loved it. Like, like they were into it. Okay, good. From, good, from good. what I could feel, observe here, so. Because um, it's still on TV, everything on, not mm-hmm. everything, but mm-hmm. oops, like Phineas and Ferb is sure. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. There's yeah. still a few things. SpongeBob yeah. is still on the air. But yeah, is it? yeah, it is. SpongeBob There's is new episodes of SpongeBob. Yes, sir. Whoa, mm-hmm. they just had their, I want to say, like twentieth. Like, well, it's like their. I think it's like their eleventh season, but they have been on for. 20 years, 20, yeah. you know, 20, in fact, this year is the 20th anniversary, 20 years, SpongeBob, SpongeBob. SquarePants. That's insane. That is insane. New movie coming out. Like it's nuts. A musical on Broadway. Yeah, that's Which true. Which is apparently amazing. I heard it was good. Yeah. Everybody's into it. I mean, Matt Acevedo's you haven't seen it yet? been going you on haven't? about it. No? no. I'll see okay. it. I'll see it. Okay. How does Matt Acevedo feel about uh, Dear Evan Hansen? You know what? I've never talked to him about it okay. because I haven't seen it. Okay. I've, I only right. like know that it exists. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on it? Um, I, having heard none of the music Mm -hmm. and having heard only just sort of the plot loosely described to me, Mm -hmm. my instinct is that I might have trouble getting into it. Uh, Chris, you're the best. I love you very much. you're so great. Hey, welcome back to Theater Corner, uh, 500 Greatest Films Podcast. Um, I have not seen this thing, but I don't think I like it. mm Mm-hmm. Guys, go see Hamilton. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton. Go see Hamilton. Guys, just and go come see to Hamilton's Hamilton. if you're in LA. Yeah, and go see Hamilton's. Go see Hamilton's. Explain Chris. Hamilton's real fast. Wait, what's Hamilton's and where can people find you on the internet? Okay, great. Um, so Hamilton's, which you can find at Hamilton's LA, is something that my li- uh, friend Liz, my friend Liz Karen, we went to uh, Tish together and she, we were in the same department, dramatic writing. We had, she, I don't think she had Professor Wesley though. She had a different teacher, but um Liz had an idea to start essentially a like extreme karaoke version of Hamilton in mm-hmm. which you do the entire show all two and a half hours and you assign parts to people who want to sign up and they do this Rocky Fuck. Horror type thing with it. We started it here in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got 
largely insanely out of control to the point that it spun, it like spilled into like another Hamilton sing along that our friend Kelly D'Angelo was running at a different wow. theater while we were sam- simultaneously doing Hamilton's. They're now merged into one, but it started to go into different cities because people were hitting us up because we made an Instagram for it. Mm-hmm. And it got so. Uh, it was in so many cities that Hamilton discovered it and thought that we were putting up illegal productions of oh, Hamilton. No, And so we had to write them a letter letting them know that we just were not doing that. We were just oh. fans who were making no money and we were just obsessed with it and trying to do the show to the point that they were as cool about it as you could be. That's oh. amazing. That is so great. And they were like, oh, in that case, we'll just kind of make this a thing. Yeah. And we found out through an announcement that happened on Lin-Manuel Miranda's Twitter, uh, which said those sing-along parties that are happening are called Hamiltons, and you can start one yourself. And they made an instrumental album. And oh, now anyone in the, the country... You guys out. did that. Yeah. Wow. You guys did that. Yeah, and now anyone in the country can start a Hamilton With their instrumental Damn. album. That's amazing. Yeah, that is the still coolest cool. thing Holy ever. Shit. It was crazy. That's so great. Yeah, we do it every month at the three clubs. It's closed until March because three clubs is remodeling. But yeah. yeah we How do exhausting it every month. is that? And who's your favorite person to play? Is uh, it George Washington? It's is Burr it and King Jefferson. George? Yeah, I haven't done King George yet. Oh, man, I feel like you could kill King George. <laughs> you know what I should do? I should take <laughs> you him should for do a spin. King George, yeah. Yeah, Dude. you guys should come and do one. Okay. It's fun. It happens every month. Okay, I only saw a play one horse time. Horse <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe My friend if- Jack, who, like, is the is our leader. Uh-huh. It's like Jack and I are the last two of the people who have been there since the beginning. And wow. there was a point where it was just like, a lot of our friends who were into it, like since the start, like Mia and Omar, they mm-hmm. uh, still love the show, but singing along to it every month got kind of exhausting. I feel mm-hmm. like it sort of entered a part in my mind where it's just like, well, this is what you do every month. You get together and sing Hamilton. <laughs> but yeah, look up Hamilton's LA, start one if you want. If you, I think go to the Hamilton website, you can kind of oh figure out God, how to do it. So cool. Um, and you can find Chris on the internet at Amontioc. Amontioc, yes. A-M-O-N-T-I-O-C-K. Check out Amontioc. Also, if you are listening and you're looking at your podcast app, please check out Thank You for Questing. It's a podcast I do with my friends Omar Najam, Mia Rizella, and Kelly Nugent. Good people. Thank you, thank you. Good people. Yeah. Excellent. And check out Robot Teammate. Oh, my God. Guys, do yeah. all those things. Guys, next week, we're watching a movie that is not as good as this. <laughs> we're watching Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yes, Star Yikes. Wars Episode One: Yikes. The Phantom Menace, 20th anniversary. Yikes. I don't know. How did it beat anything? Most things. Anything. It <laughs> beat things. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It beat... Oh it beat God. thousands of movies to end yeah. up on this goddamn list. Uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, I just looked it up. It's not streaming anywhere. I don't think it's available for rent online anywhere. You'd have to buy it. I um, own it. You, uh, yes, I, you own it. I've got the DVD over there. Yeah. I don't own it, but I got it through the mail, through Netflix, through the mail. And, and uh, our guest is going to be my friend from high school, middle school, a guy named Andrew Polito. You may know him as a wrestler called Yuma. He's one of the funniest guys I know in my life. This is his relationship with The Phantom Menace. Andrew played the song at the end of The Phantom Menace, the celebration music, at his wedding when, when he walked when down, the aisle. He he walked down the aisle. As he walked down the aisle, married man and wife. The end where they're like on Gungan or whatever. Yeah, they're all super pumped about everything. 
do do when like they all won but Qui-Gon and died and pumped. then it goes right from that into it goes can you please like, cut and, out and you Jake Lloyd has this little rat tail we'll show it to no. your friend <laughs> I'll sing it to his face in his, but he played that Wait, song whenever they renew his their wedding. vows can you please be singing it into a microphone yes I can and I will <laughs> I loved terrible. The Phantom Menace as a kid. Oh I think boy. it's because I was in sixth grade. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't so know. Cool. I didn't know it wasn't good. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I had all yeah, the Taco you, Bell pogs. You watch the shit. You watch the cool <laughs> shit, and then you check out or whatever. And it's like, I, okay, I had, now I'm I, just gonna look at the lights on the side of the <laughs> theater now. Whoa, this is cool. What number seat am I in? Oh, I was man. obsessed with Darth Maul. Keller was exactly. a few years younger than us, Chris. Exactly. A few years yeah, younger, that's but true. Okay. I, I unironically, I, book, yeah. I unironically bought a Jar Jar Binks action figure. Like he was a funny character to of me. Course. Like I, like that I did Star too. Wars. He was bizarre. Yeah, I had a yeah. shirt of him. Yeah. And then eventually, I remember my older, actually, who uh, a guy who went on to a great amount of success. Um, uh, his name was Rob Eggers. He directed a movie called The Witch. Mm. Did you guys ever see that? The Vavitch? The Vavitch? The, the Vavitch. Yeah, because the, the way that the thing is written. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he... Ask him why he did that. <laughs> the spelling of that? I will Wait, ask him. What else did he direct? Didn't he do he something? He just didn't do something that's supposed to be crazy it's good, called too. The Lighthouse? Oh, oh man. yeah! It stars Willem Dafoe and Is Robert. It the Pattinson. Little Lighthouse. Oh, the Lighthouse. That's awesome. I remember he. So we grew up in the same like group of towns, and mm-hmm. he was a decent amount older. Not probably about actually, honestly, probably about as much older as we are from Keller. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I loved Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I remember. We were part of the same like theater group that his mom ran, and I remember he did not. Mm, and yeah. he was like older enough to be like, "Oof, this new one sucks." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, what? I can't let him know that I loved it." Because <laughs> I remember having yeah um, that conflict. Like I had all these Darth Maul posters, which I'm sure freaked my parents out that mm-hmm. I had this like looks satanic. Pre- looks pretty demonic. He does. But he like, is, how can like even he can't deny how awesome that fight is? Oh yeah. You know what? I bet he doesn't. The Darth Maul fight. No one yeah, can deny no. how rad that fight and is. And you know, Duel of the Fates is fucking badass. And John so Williams' badass. music gets one of his best scores ever. Like, and that's so good. There's so much of that movie yeah. does look incredible. I know. God damn it. This Which movie. is why I'm my favorite prequel. You track down a Blu-ray copy of it because <laughs> if we're gonna watch this train wreck, it might it's, as well look. It's gonna good. look good. Yeah. You know what? I think it's by far the best of the prequels. And I bet on this list that mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones are not on it. Attack of the Clones is not. Revenge, Revenge of, the of the Sith is, is and ranks higher. Everybody loves Why? Revenge of the Sith the, the most out of... I saw a mm-hmm. ranking the other day that had Revenge of the Sith higher, higher than, than Return, Return of the Jedi. Like, Jedi. False. How, but like, how? I'll tell you how. Because it's the what same reason... It? It's the same reason Peter Jackson won all the Oscars for Return of the King. It provides closure. It's because the thing's That's happening why. that they're like, oh, now it's the thing. It's the thing that... They, it's what they set out to do. It's the thing. It's but the I thing. Like and it that ends, was why it's the worst one. Mm, it is ends, that the it? turn to Darth Vader... His change to Darth Vader, mm-hmm. you don't buy it. It's it ruins the entire trilogy, and mm. his acting is awful. Yeah. He is sickening. It's like that moment with Mace Windu, where like, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "What have I done? I pledge myself to you." <laughs> that turn where he becomes Darth Vader, yeah, is in my view more annoying than anything out of Jar Jar Binks's mouth. I mean, you can make a case for that, and you or could, Jake you Lloyd, could, you can make a case for that, sure. And it's like quite Obi Wan so isn't funny in it because Obi Wan is funny in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, um, so, so, um, Gundogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's good. I Hello can't there. Cite yeah. a single 
what, scene what about when he's that writing, I enjoy. What about when he's writing that big weird lizard bird that thing? thing is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> These is movies so are bad, weird. you guys. These movies are bad. Star Wars is dumb. It's all bad. It's, it's all, all bad. bad. Harry Potter's dumb. King Kong's dumb. Everything's dumb. It's all so, 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 so stupid. <laughs> but I love it. Every Movies movie suck. is so fucking dumb. Citizen Kane? More like Citizen Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> more like Sucks Except, as in... Uh, <laughs> suck, suck as in Kane. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Except Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Great. Yeah, guys. Everybody great, go see great Spider-Man film. Into the Best Spider-Verse. Best superhero movie yep. ever. Guys, huge thanks again to Chris Bermonte for coming on to the podcast you. finally and me. talking Lord of the Rings, talking Peter Jackson, Lord talking, of the Rings. <laughs> talking <laughs> our Harry Potter King rankings, Kong, our Harry Potter rankings, a little bit of Rankin Bass, a little bit of mm-hmm. of, uh, of um, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, huge Quick shout thanks. out to Ralph Batchkey for yes. that bizarre Lord of the Rings movie. Yes. Have you guys seen that? I haven't yet, but I have. I know a little bit about it. Yeah. I know about that. I don't know about the Hobbit one, and then somebody did Return of the King. Oh, it's Rankin and Bass. Yeah, Rankin and Bass. Rankin yeah. and Bass did Hobbit. just the Hobbit, and then straight it. The, their Return of the King is a direct sequel to the to, Hobbit. Yeah, which is so weird. Yeah, it's like everything else was kind of yada yada yada. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know what it's we're great. talking it's about. It's old. The old seventies animated. Oh, okay, Lord, okay, Lord okay, of the okay, Rings okay, and okay, Hobbit okay, movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and with yeah. Uh, Old men like us uh, watched a show called Seinfeld, in which there was an mm. episode about yada yada yada. Indeed, where it's like <laughs> I barely got Keller to start watching Friends. I and you watched what, almost 10? all of it. Season ten, yeah. I just finished I like Seinfeld's seven. Funnier. It depends. It depends on your. I think that I, I think will watch. I'm not going to deny Seinfeld is one of the it's best funny. sitcoms ever. Yeah. <laughs> And super funny, and I think Friends is also a great sitcom, but they do different things. They do. They hit different, they hit different, uh, different funny, bones. different tones, different tones, different mm-hmm. funny bones. Wow, um, guys, you guys yeah. should write a poem. Lovely bones, mm. oh Peter my Jackson. God, that's full circle. Narrated <laughs> we did it. by Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yes, um, every movie. Go watch Phantom Menace. I'm sorry. We'll be back in a week. <laughs> we love you guys. We'll see you later. Goodbye. I'm sorry. Bye. I'm sorry.